right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, there's a pretty obvious movie that inspired this one, but uh, we'll get into it in the conversation. But uh, we're talking about The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is based on one individual chapter in the book Dracula by Bram Stoker. And so it's an interesting one to get into, even if we weren't exactly psyched about the movie itself but joining me for this one is tatiana paris a filmmaker and we had a great time talking about this and uh before we get to that conversation i do want to remind you all as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts you could also follow us on social media at piecing pod and join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show one last thing, uh, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, which is another movie podcast I produce, and from my music career. So uh, I'm actually releasing a soundtrack album of a score that I did last year for a horror film called Jacqueline, and uh, by the time this episode goes up, uh, that soundtrack will be out, or at least part of it, because I'm releasing it like a track a day for like a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, lots of great content over there on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. I appreciate you just being out there and listening. But if you want to support the show in that way, I also very much appreciate it. So with that said, let's talk about The Last Voyage of the Demeter. All right, it's time to get into The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And joining me, we've got Tatiana Paris. Tatiana, welcome to Piecing It Together. So excited to be here. Cannot wait to get into this one. I am excited too. Um, we talked a little bit ahead of time, but I think we were both a little disappointed with this movie, but that won't stop us from having some interesting things to get into with it. Uh, before we get into it too much, though, it is your first time on the podcast. Tell people about you and your filmmaking and what you do. Sure. So um, I'm a Los Angeles-based filmmaker. I'm a screenwriter and director. Um, I mostly specialize in cerebral thrillers and horror so especially with the horror genre, I was really excited to um, delve into Last Voyage of the Demeter because it's horror is everything that I love. It's mm. everything I obsess over. Absolutely. I I end up working in a lot of like that, like with my music mm -hmm. and whatnot. And so like definitely I love like this kind of a vibe. And I do think this movie captures that vibe very well. It's just everything else that I feel like it just didn't quite like do too well. It didn't like, it didn't nail any of it. And I think we should start off first of all, before we get into puzzle pieces or anything mm -hmm. like that on the last voyage of the Demeter, are you a big Dracula fan specifically? Okay. So a fun fact, my family comes from Transylvania. Okay. So my dad's side of the family is like Transylvanian, Romanian, Ukrainian. Um, and so since I was as a young age, I felt like, oh, there's something connected here between me mm. and Dracula. Like there's a there's a really strong theme. So I was a huge fan of vampires in general, but Dracula in particular. So um, I do think that this one for me really fell short of the Dracula lineage. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really just didn't feel like it had the heat. Right, the, right. The pain or the depth to it. I, I don't actually know what tone they were 100% going for in this attempt. But yes, right. I love Dracula. I, I I see a lot of people comparing this to like the old Hammer films and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like just that classic vibe. And I would 
take that movie. I would take the the classic mm-hmm. old school horror version of this movie but then we get this like very cgi looking dracula and i'm just like it's not that what are we talking about here like it's not that version of dracula so uh yeah i don't know it's definitely feels like a mix of vibes but you know with that said let's just start jumping into puzzle pieces we'll get to what works and what doesn't work along Mm -hmm. the way i'm sure but what do you have for your first piece here okay i feel like if i'm trying to not be mean my first puzzle piece is crimson peak Okay. The Del Toro movie. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah, I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since then. So it has a very gothic feel to it, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like they were kind of trying to emanate in this. And I also think the kind of CG heavy jump scares, even the shot style of it was kind of in the same realm of a lot of Del Toro pieces, but specifically Crimson Peak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good one because, uh, and I hadn't thought of that, but it, because we're we're dealing with a setting that should be beautiful, like this dark bow on these open seas and like all that gothic vibe of it all, and then just kind of throwing in CGI. And I, I felt the same oh, way about Crimson Peak when it came out, and I was I like, know. I was like, it's so close to right, it's so close. And I mean, we all love Del Toro, and like you know, his his sense of style and vibe are are perfect in that movie as they are in all his movies but then there's just certain elements that are thrown in there that kind of screw it up and and like for lack of a better phrase but uh yeah i think that's a great one to kick this off with and i think that that fits really well here um I will go with, uh, for my first puzzle piece, well, I, I had joked ahead of time uh, on, on Twitter that I was going to be doing this if if I did, in fact, do an episode on this. So I guess I have to start off with it. My first puzzle piece has to be Titanic um, because we are getting <laughs> a movie. Of course, uh, and w- continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are getting a movie in which a, uh, a story that we already know the ending of, and that's not a problem. I, it obviously works with Titanic. It's worked with many other movies in the past. We know what's going to happen and we, we have to be along for this ride of, well, is there going to be interesting things that happen leading up to the eventual disaster? Yeah. And there very much is in Titanic, and there is in a lot of other movies mm. where it's based on a story we know. Uh, so this being based on uh, this this section of this book that everybody knows about, and everybody knows the Dracula mythos and, and about this bow and its journey. It, it's an interesting idea, definitely, to to set it in this little kind of in-between chapter. Uh, it's a question of can it sustain that? And, you know, depending on whether you like the movie or not, I, I guess maybe it does. But I, I think just Titanic, though, is a perfect example of knowing the ending, but being totally cool with the journey anyway. I, I never, ever would have thought of that, but you're completely on the money. Where I think that Titanic succeeds, um, in my opinion, is that you care about the character so deeply. Yeah. And you actually almost hope by the point of the iceberg that you're like, can something change? Mm-hmm. What can happen to stop this? Whereas I feel, and I can only speak for myself personally, I didn't care about almost anybody in right. Last Voyage of Demeter. I don't, I don't think they were really successful at their dynamic or even with their chemistry mm. to where I was like, oh, how are you going to split the gang up? 
You know, <laughs> uh, oh no, what are they going to do without, you know, little Timmy? I, whatever his name is. I can't remember sure. what his name is. You know, um, I think that was probably the, I mean, whatever, I don't want to spoil it. But um, that's where I feel like Titanic, it really, you can have a movie that's successful like that. You just have to really care about the journey and care about the people on the journey to know that it's eventually going to explode into, you know, fire. Exactly, exactly. And uh, one other thing, this is a bit of a tangent, but before we go on to our next puzzle piece here, and it fits in with with Titanic and this whole idea of this, uh, this chapter idea. Um, my biggest problem with the last voyage of the Demeter, and, and I, I have to throw this out there, mm-hmm. uh, the opening title crawl, it sets the scene that we're about to see, uh, this boat that's on its way from Transylvania to England. And this is the, uh, the torturous journey that they went on and blah, 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 blah. Down at the very last sentence, this is based on the novel Dracula. What, yeah. Why why break the sense of this being a real thing that we're about to watch? This They're telling us this is a fiction story. Why do that? All they had to do is not include that. I thought about that the whole movie long. Like, why did they include that sentence? I just couldn't get it out of my head. It's so weird. Well, also, we know. We know. Yeah. Like, Trust we all, your audience. Trust the know. audience. Yeah. And people who are going to go see it, who are diehard fans of Dracula, know that. And people who aren't, that isn't going to change their opinion on the material. They're like, why is Dracula on a boat? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, if that's your audience, they're already not going to get it or they're going to be jumping along for the journey. So thanks for that, guys. I think that they're really trying to push. I mean, it's really clear. I don't think this gives it away, but it's really clear by the ending that they clearly want to make more money by having a ton of sequels. Mm. Like... That like it definitely leads to being like oh we're gonna have some kind of a you know a, a mystery adventure time where we're gonna go after this guy, um, which I hated deeply. First pers- I hated it. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I think that some of that is like hey we're on this like lineage tour. Get in your head. We have to finish the book of Dracula. Money, money, money. That's yeah, how I felt yeah. about that moment. That makes a lot of sense and uh, is a shame. But uh, let's go on to your next piece. What do you got next? Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right, you just, you have to go with me on this one. And it's not just because they're on a boat. It's also the color grade, and honestly, a lot of the pacing of it, which I feel like is false, but Pirates of the Caribbean sure, is on my list. And really, because when I watch this movie, I mean, obviously, it's like a pirate ship, and there's like, you know, similar grading and tone. I actually think Pirates of the Caribbean might be a little spookier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to think of some of those moments with, I can't remember his name, Barbados. There's some spooky moments um, in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and I think that this film actually felt a lot more adventure centered than it did hor- like traditional horror. I know there's mm. horror elements without a doubt. And it's a lot more adult. Like the graphic nature of it is a lot more adult. Whereas, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is clearly for like preteens, teenagers, like, you know, even kids. Yeah. But there's just a, I don't know if it's the score, if it's the color grade. I feel like they could have been a bit grainier and a bit darker sure. in tone to really sell this mood personally um, on the ship. But so I felt like it had a very adventure, um, almost young adult feel to it the way that Pirates of the Caribbean does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, the the general vibe of trying to... Uh, harken back to those kinds of stories. The the boat 
ghost boast stories are kind of a tough thing to sell nowadays. And uh, Pirates of the Caribbean did it perfectly. And this, you know, it, it, it certainly is trying to capture that vibe, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And whether or not it's successful, up to people who, who enjoy it or not. But you know what? I'm going to jump to another piece that uh, I was going to bring up later. But this kind of goes along with that, I feel mm -hmm. like. And that is John Carpenter's The Fog from 1980, <gasps> uh, which so maybe... Good. Maybe my favorite, well, the thing is probably my favorite, but my, my second favorite uh, John Carpenter movie. But as far as that vibe of like this whole thing that you're watching is a ghost story. It's just this mm -hmm. spooky story you're getting told. And I, I feel like whether it is us, the audience, or it's the people in the movie who are reading the, uh, the, the captain's log and getting the bits and pieces of what happened on the boat, um, regardless of how you look at it, this whole thing is just this spooky story of something bad that happened on a boat. And that that's the vibe you get from uh, John Carpenter's The Fog is that it's like this this sleepy little town on the coast and some creepy shit went down. Yeah, I like that a lot. I wouldn't I once again, I wouldn't have thought of that. But even the kind of um, I mean, it's not really the tone, but there's like an aesthetic that definitely matches as well. Like this misty, moody, bluish kind of feel to it that I feel like is definitely reminiscent of The Fog. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what do you got next? Uh, let's see. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough for me. Okay. This is my next one that I actually have, like, I feel like is one of my strongest puzzle pieces. Okay. That um, the other ones are kind of dumb. Not to devalue my puzzle pieces, but I think they're kind of dumb. I'm sure they're um, great. You don't know that. Um, so, <laughs> so this puzzle piece, did you see The Nightingale? No, I, I heard good things about it. I haven't seen it, though. So The Nightingale is really, I mean, it's showcased as a horror, but it really is more of like kind of an, it might even be A24, kind of an A24 drama mm -hmm. with just kind of dark horror elements uh, about a woman, it's a period piece, who gets like brutally raped and then like runs off into the woods and like kind of tries to get her attackers. Um, but her... This kind of moody, dark vibe mixed with this, like, female heroine. I really felt like when I watched, I don't remember her name in this movie. What was her name? The Only Woman. Yeah, uh, Anna. 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 I, I loved yeah. her. Honestly, I think she, to me, I wish this movie was exclusively from her perspective. Yeah. Like, what a different take if we just kind of saw her having to crawl into this place and she is this servant to this creature in order for the rest of her people to survive. What an interesting take. And instead, I'm so mean, we got this just <laughs> overall kind of thrown together, like, okay, yeah, get to it. I know, I know Dracula's on this boat. Like, just come on, let's let's get to Dracula. Um, I just thought she was really interesting. And um, I also feel like her experience with Dracula is very similar to like this, this, this rape in the nightingale, which is really dark mm. and like taking advantage of this woman. And it's like, obviously all these women are brought to Dracula in her country in her yeah. town in order to satiate him. So there's kind of a, a, a feminist POV like happening there that yeah. I feel like since she's, she comes in later and she's not our main, she's kind of just an interesting, she's an opportunity for exposition Sure, sure. Rather than as much as, man, I think she could have led the ship. Like, she's so interesting and clever um, and jaded. Um, so, yeah, The Nightingale, to me, um, it's definitely worth a watch. That was my, I feel like, her, she also looks like her was kind of inspired. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, no, that that is definitely a movie that's been on my radar to watch. And and yeah, I think like, you know, like the sexual violence like kind of metaphor is baked mm-hmm. into this whole Dracula thing. And I think you're absolutely right. Like just thinking about it right now, that character caught between like wanting to live a normal life, but already kind of turned by by Dracula, like already like in this like state of almost dead, basically. Like there's a lot more interesting stories to be like looked into and something like that. But instead it's just like, you know, kind of uh going paint by numbers through what we know is gonna happen on this boat is let's just we gotta get through it all. So instead yeah. of exploring something interesting like that. So yeah, I, I think that's a great one. Uh, I will go with, you know, a lot of people joke that this movie should have been called Dracula on a boat. Uh, (laughs) It it really should have been Dracula on a boat. Uh, The other thing that this movie is, is Alien on a boat. Uh, This is this creature just stuck on a boat and all the crew members, they all have their like... You know, it's not just people, it's crew members, it's the, the, the cook, it's the, the tech guy, it's the, the captain, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they all have to, like, instead of working together, they all have to take their turns to go investigate what this thing is at night that's uh, killing people. And they're all getting picked off one by one, and you just want to scream at them, like, why don't you just get together and go find this thing during the daylight? And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, ugh, it just drives you nuts. But I just that have felt, to felt say- like Alien. Okay, no, Alien is so perfect, except obviously Alien, their camaraderie is so strong. Yeah. Their camaraderie, I feel like they're also a little smarter. Maybe they're not. I haven't seen Alien in a while. But when I was leaving the theater to go to my car, people who were sitting behind me were also walking to their car. And Mm. I overheard them saying, why didn't they just put the crate on the deck in the daytime? And I literally had to turn. I was like, thank you. And we started talking about it, which I will say it brought people together. We love the movies. You bring it together. But it was like so many things that they were doing were like, oh, this is easy. Like, it's not the whole thing is easy. But after like, I don't know, the ninth person gets slaughtered, like we should kind of have an idea of what's going on. Like it took too long to realize that, oh, this is not like a, a plague or something. Whatever they thought it was at the beginning. I was just like. Let's get to it. Dracula on a boat. It's actually really funny that uh, his his coffin has like a big insignia on it. Like you didn't think to look at that one first. Like it's just it's really ridiculous. But uh, well, I know. And then just put it like do it in the day. Yeah. Just put it in. Put it. It's so we see so many examples of how that's their way. They incinerate Mm -hmm. instantly, which is a great way to show that this is the lore we're going with. I mean, obviously it's Dracula, but vampires have like many different lores that you can like play with. So it's like, yep, that does it. That's the easiest. That's all. Maybe the only way to really kill it, as far as we know. Yeah. Guns don't seem to work. Punching it doesn't seem to work. Punching it rarely works. Rarely works in monster movies, punching, but, uh, you know, (laughs) what do you got for another piece here? Okay. So this literally is hand in hand with, um, what we were just saying. So it's the only time to do it, but cabin in the woods. Oh, sure. To me, it's because like, I feel like I know that they're like grown men who are like trying their best on this boat. But to me, they all look like teenagers being like, how do we defeat this thing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like it's almost comical at how bad they are at like the steps to do. Um, I'll say obviously Joss Whedon's Cabin in the Woods, it's a lot more meta. Like it's sure. self-aware of how, like, cause it's making fun of all those movies. Um, but I think like the CG level mixed with 
the kind of like these buffoons on a boat were like, yeah, this to me feels like like a couple of teenagers in a cabin, you know? Right, right. What do we do yeah. next? What do I do next? Oh, yeah, no. and, and I, I, I think that goes back to uh, what I was saying earlier about how this was definitely trying to get that like old school horror vibe, yeah. except for the CGI kind of throws CGI. that off, and and it's just like if it had stuck the landing with like actually filming it like an old school horror movie, like it maybe would have been able to. You might have been able to forgive that the guys are idiots because, uh, you know, that's kind of how they were back then and all those classic armor. Sure. It was just, I also feel like not only was there a CG Dracula, but I think you can tell that a lot of the shots are indeed CG. Like the background is, everything feels almost a little cartoony, which takes, I think, adds more to the young adult feel that I was feeling along Mm -hmm. with the like takes away from that. Because I think it really could have that classic horror feel. But that CG cartoon goes instantly into like, oh, we're in Jurassic World just on a boat. Sure, sure. Absolutely. It's like the whole thing, yeah. So I will go with another one that kind of goes along with the same idea as uh, my Titanic piece, but uh, in a slightly different way, in more of a fiction way. Uh, I'm going with Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, which tells this extra little story that's happening in the middle of the Star Wars movies that everybody knows and loves. And uh, it almost gives the whole thing a bit of a fan fiction-y kind of vibe to the whole thing. Like That makes a lot we, of sense. Yeah. We, yeah, like we know that there was this boat ride. We don't know all the details of what happened on that boat ride that got Dracula to England, but... Now we're going to show you what happened on that. And Rogue One gives you these little fill-in-the-blanks details of things that happened in between the Star Wars movies. This gives you these little extra details of what, you know, happened in between Star Wars. So uh, it's 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 an interesting thing to do when trying to, you know, you could look at it in a very jaded, like... Uh, you know, we're just trying to make another movie to make some more money. But, you know, mm. you could, you could in a storytelling sense, come up with something interesting here. So... No, I actually think there's a lot of potential here for something. I just wish it was done differently. Like, I mean, it's so hard to be like, yeah, there is, but is like right. my constant like gut reactions, like, but it wasn't, or they were missing like these huge elements or the pacing or the characters. I don't know why their chemistry didn't feel super strong to me, which is hard to like manufacture. Um, sure. But that that's a great, that's a great puzzle piece. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what do you have next? So this one may seem on the nose, um, but Van Helsing. Sure. I mean, like, I'm also trying to see if I remember Van Helsing that well, but I know there's a bit of, I really only thought of Van Helsing at the very end. And I don't want to mm-hmm. give too much away for the people who are like jazzed, especially after this <laughs> podcast, hearing it being like, well, I can't wait to see last oh, voyage. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can get into spoilers, by the way. Go for it. Oh, if you great. Want to spoil oh, great. Something. Yeah. Okay. So when Dracula's just like sitting in a bar <laughs> yeah. with his cane, ready to start seize the day in London, you know, um, I was like, oh, come on. Uh, especially because I just have to tangent really quick. I thought that moment, the ending of Anna was actually the best moment of the whole film. It was a beautiful shot, like the flames coming up over the sunrise. Um, Her arc was significant and painful. I was like, end it here. Right, right. And and end it here if you wanted to, or end it with like some kind of slaughtering of, I thought that the people on the boat were all going to, the ones who discovered the boat were just going to be slaughtered because he's still there. But, you know, no, we end up on a, 
thing where, like, in a bar where – what is our lead's name? I can't remember any of the names. I'm so uh, sorry. Clemens. Clemens. Yeah. I, I thought Clemens was so dull. That's just a me thing. I was so, like, come on. So dull. He was so dull. Oh, help him. Um. So – and then he's going to be kind of like this new vampire hunter. Like he right. now has, he knows that they exist, even though he clearly doesn't have the skills. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he really is qualified, but you could tell that this is like origin story yeah. kind of material. That moment to me felt like even the styling of the movement of the camera where it's like, and then he's gone felt very like early two thousands Van Helsing to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, a hundred, I've said this to the people I was sitting next to at the movie when it ended, I was like, did you not think in Marvel fashion that they were going to say, what's your real name or something? It's Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. I, I for sure thought they were setting him up as like a whole shared universe bullshit. And, uh, that's just exactly how it felt. And so, yeah, Van Helsing definitely a, as a piece here because that's who they're styling the character after. He's supposed to be the new yes. Van Helsing. So, uh, very interesting choice. And it should be said that this movie went through, I think, 20 years of development hell. Uh, no. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that it's kind of a mess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, apparently the original writer of this, whose like, idea it was to take that chapter and expand it into a screenplay, he was a uh, effects guy, I believe, on oh. Bram Stoker's Dracula, the, the Coppola film. Um, so and then it just went into all different kinds of versions along the way. So that who makes knows? me really sad. Cause I think the chapter itself is like, Hey, it's a cool setting. The mm-hmm. high seas, this like rickety boat with, you know, people are just trying to get there. There's like a bonus in place. Um, I also think it was really rushed for this, like to kind of have that origin story feel, but I think there's such potential there yeah. um, with the landscape. And if this guy was a special effects guy, like, you know, he wanted this to be what, Bram Stoker, what like what Coppola's yeah. was, yeah, this like physical being that's like so ominous. Um, instead of having, I honestly think Anna's character had to do a lot of the heavy lifting to be like, no, 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 I trust me, he's scary. Like you don't, you don't think I'm, he's scary. Like you yeah. see him, I know him, he's bad. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think if he was physical, you would kind of get that, like, oh my god, I'm in the presence of like pure evil. Sure. Or sure. then like a cartoon bat. Exactly. That flies at the screen every like 20 minutes. So, yeah. uh, so my, uh, my final puzzle piece, um, it isn't so much a puzzle piece because it came out this year. So it would be too new to actually have been an inspiration, but uh-huh. uh, I feel, I feel like it's a movie that does this kind of story better. Uh, and uh-huh. it's a, it's a Korean film called project wolf hunting. Have you seen this? No, I love Korean horror movies. So I'm, while you're telling me this, I'm going to make a note cause Good. I love it. Okay. Project wolf, w- project wolf hunting. Uh, it is insane and I I won't spoil what happens because like, there's a lot of secrets to it, but let's just say that there's something on the boat in a box full of dirt and, uh, everybody on that boat Mm -hmm. is in trouble. Let's say that. Honestly, Korea just does horror in a totally different way. I'm always impressed by their take and their, their style on it. So hell yes. I can't wait. I, I, I want to hear what you think of it once you get to it. But uh, do you, you have any other pieces that you want to bring up? Okay, my other piece is stupid. Like, it's going to be really dumb. I love stupid pieces. You're, you're not even ready. I mean, and it's also, I feel like all my pieces are inadvertently just, like, digs. 
It's like I chose a piece that is somehow like a, a backhand to them. It, it's all so mean spirited. It's not meant to be, but it's just how I feel. Are you um, about to say Morpheus? No, I haven't even seen Morpheus. <laughs> I'm dying to see Morpheus. Oh, it probably uh, is like Morpheus. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the, I don't know when this came out. I think it was in the early 2000s, but the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. Okay. Really, there's just something to, because I honestly, while I was watching this, I said this, I think about maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, but more so this, there's something to me that is very cartoony and their horror feels very young adult. Mm -hmm. Like as if like, hey, I know there's gore. So that takes us out of that realm. But if you took out like a lot of the detail of the blood. Sure. That would be something that like a 12 year old would go and see and be like, that was really scary. Like that kind of goosebumpsy haunted mansion vibe so yeah. and even the kind of gothicness of obviously haunted mansion still has a little bit more of that color grade and that tone and that stylized so yeah haunted mansion is my my final piece i love it yeah no that's a good one to include i i think it goes really well with pirates of the caribbean which you brought up earlier mm -hmm. it goes with my the fog puzzle piece uh mm -hmm. which also has that kind of just spookiness to it so uh yeah no that that's a fun one to include i've never actually seen that version of the haunted mansion i haven't seen the it's new great. one either but one of these days, I'll... Uh, I haven't seen the new one either, but the Eddie Murphy one, from my memory as an actual child, very good. Nice. And that's who it's for, so why not? <laughs> but uh, I'll read down our final list of puzzle pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. But we mm -hmm. talked about Crimson Peak, Titanic, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Fog, The Nightingale, Alien, Cabin in the Woods, Van Helsing, Project Wolf Hunting, Haunted Mansion, and I threw Morpheus in there, because why not? Uh, Why not? Yeah. Uh, I I think like the thing that the thing that we're kind of both getting at with our backhanded puzzle pieces and all the other ones as well uh, <laughs> is that this movie definitely has a vibe it was going for. It just mm -hmm. maybe it kind of half stepped it in a way. Like yeah. it, and and it just it. I don't know. It just it just didn't stick the landing. And uh, I don't know. There's some interesting ideas to doing a story like this. It just didn't quite come together. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like I would love to see this movie done again in a different way because mm -hmm. um, I actually really enjoy the premise. And I think I would really enjoy like this crew. You have such an opportunity. The crew is from all different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like they really are kind of like the misfit toys of of crew um which i think can actually work in a way but maybe for this since they were all kind of joining this crew it felt like they don't have years of history the only people right. who do is like the captain and the little boy um sure. so i feel like if you're going to have this you need to feel this bond to know that when people are getting just like devoured that there's <laughs> like a real loss rather than a selfish like oh i'm scared of getting hurt sure Sure. And then if someone betrays the crew, that feels even more like, <gasps> I can't believe you would do that to Timmy, you know, yeah. because, you know, they care about each other. And that really is like, but like, spoiler alert, when the chef, the chef leaves, I'm like, he should. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he like, uh, good. You, we do all these people, anything. Yeah. They're all stupid. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and I think that moment is like a moment of, and like classic cinema if someone is selfish in nature and a bad person is doing that, they're always punished. Sure. Even if they seek redemption, like I always go back to, have you ever seen Angels with Dirty Faces? No, I haven't. 
It's a James Cagney movie, but he's like a gangster, as James Cagney always is. But he redeems himself, but he, spoiler, he dies. Because mm-hmm. even in that time of cinema, even if, like, your redemption is death. Like, you are, like, kind of saved and forgiven in the, the next life, and that's your ultimate redemption. Sure. So I think in this, there was a degree of, like, oh, you think you can leave, and you left your crew. You're getting punished for that. And I was like, he's the hero. He's, like, the most honest. I love him. Um, and he's going to get brutally murdered on a boat. A tiny <laughs> of course. Boat. Yeah. Uh, you don't get away. That's just the way <laughs> it can. goes. No, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, I, I think I think uh, that does it for The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, Tatiana, is there another film you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Ooh, let me see. The Meg 2. Yes. Incredible cinema. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. I feel like there's no shame in those movies if they know exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. But I had a great time. First hour could have taken or leaving it. The last hour of The Meg 2, stay tuned. Yes. Nothing yes. but mania. It's so funny. I actually just recorded my episode on the Meg 2 this morning. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great movie. Uh, right I can't on. Wait to listen to it. <laughs> Tatiana, tell people where they can find you and your films. Oh, you can find me at Tatiana Paris, T A T I A N A, Paris, like the city in France. And you can follow my movie, Ew Movie, E W Movie, like Ew Movie. It's a horror thriller. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Your stills that you've posted and stuff on uh, Instagram, they look amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to check it out once it comes out. Oh, I can't wait for it to come out and to get it all settled. So thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. For sure. For sure. Welcome to the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. What up, what up? Each week, we'll explore the classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a little comedic twist. We will ask those important questions like, why don't they get out of the haunted house the first time they see the ghost or the demon? Why do people feel like, hey, there's been a spooky disappearance, but I'm going to investigate myself, even though I have no investigative background? Or, why didn't I realize I was dead the whole time? These important questions and many others we will get to the bottom of. So check us out each week at the podcast that wouldn't die. Be there or be square. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Thanks to Tatiana for joining me on that one. And thank you to all of you for listening If you're enjoying piecing it together, of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening. And if it happens to be Apple Podcasts or Good Pods or Spotify or somewhere where there's a five-star button you could hit, hit that five-star button and drop us a little review. It helps get the show seen and heard by more people. And that's what we're here to do is get this show heard by as many people as we can. So I do appreciate it for all of your feedback. And, uh, you know, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. Get in touch. Uh, I'm always looking for feedback. I'd love to hear puzzle pieces from the listeners. So uh, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you and maybe get you on an episode one of these days. So with all that said, let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And you know what? I feel like playing uh, a little little preview. How about that? A little something that I've been working on for my next album. 
So uh, I'm not going to tell you what the name of the track is, and I will tell you that it's not 100% finished, so keep that in mind. But uh, why not? Let's preview a really cool, dark piece of music to go along. I think Dracula would like this track. So uh, yeah, this will be on my next album. So keep an eye out for more news on what I've got coming next year. But I hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.